0: Glad you're here. Uh, before we launch into the new series, uh, we're calling Catalysts, looking at the catalyst that God uses to grow our faith and why faith is so important to Him, uh, I'd like to give you an update, final results of our Christmas offering. Uh, we broke the Christmas offering down into world missions, uh, a general fund that we send to uh, other churches in our denomination that pool it together and then it goes all over the world. Uh, $850 uh, went to to that fund. There's millions of dollars that ends up going to that and uh, blesses people working across the world to help others come to know Christ, serving, helping them come to know Christ. Uh, We also gave a percentage to Christian Challenge, uh, which is uh, student ministries at campuses in California throughout the uh, California area, and uh there were twenty nine seventy five two thousand nine hundred seventy five dollars went to that The same amount went to our outreach events because we stretched to launch the campus in Alhambra, we shrunk our budget down as much as possible this year, and so um, in order to do some outreach that we want to do for Easter and advertising, uh we put that in the Christmas offering this year, and so uh, what 's great is uh, this is going to really help us more effectively reach beyond our group to the people around us and then seventeen hundred dollars will go to Central Asia. We actually have some members there who uh, work in in that region, and we're, they they are working in the region to uh, help people get business started and then as they get to know the folks who are starting the businesses. Share Christ with them as well and so this money uh, will help them to keep the businesses going uh, while they're stateside this year so once again you all have been very generous Uh, I mentioned the the budget um, challenge and it's fun after four months into the year I I honestly we set the budget at at a certain point and it was bare-bones as, as low as it you know we could get it to be and still function, and uh, I thought that was a stretch, e- even just because of the launch of the campus and we're expanding and doing more things, and we we have grown seventeen percent from the beginning of our fiscal year financially. God has provided in amazing ways. and so I think our budget to this point We're like 2,000 over what we've spent, and that to me is amazing. Because I was, whenever you go from one week, you you have a budget one week to the next, you don't expect to explode in one week and cover the expenses. But God had it all figured out, thankfully, and that's how God is. He meets our needs as we set out to do what He wants to do among us uh, and through us and in our world here. Uh, he, he provides. So I'm very grateful. I just wanted to update you on the Christmas offering and let you know about that and commend your generosity there and just in, in general. It's, it's fantastic. We are going to dive in now into a message series, beginning of the year, and you, know, you, get, you get pumped about the start of the year and change and growing and this year being different than last year. And so what we want to do is we want to look at what God uses to change us. Some of us love change. Others don't. Um, Some changes are welcome. And some change is like an intruder that just won't go away. You try to push it away, but it, it won't go away. And since it refuses to leave, we are left to grapple with it, to deal with it. I'd like to watch a video clip from Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and it shows a young man going to junior high on his first day, and we get inside his head and hear his thoughts as he he struggles with it. Let's watch it. say for the record that I think middle school may be the dumbest idea ever invented. You got kids like me who haven't hit their growth spurt yet, mixed in with gorillas who have to shave twice a day. There's juvenile delinquents and weirdos. I'm smaller than about 95% of the kids at my school, so thank God for Shirag Gupta. It's mine. Stop. He's an excellent buffer between me and these morons. Hey Greg, hey fella seriously i don't know what happened to these kids over the summer was there a nuclear accident science experiment gone bad thank god there are a few normal people or this place would be a total freak show yeah that that's a great clip it shows how life flows. This is the way life works. This is the way it is. We try to put our brakes on change. Some of the changes we like, some of them we don't like so much, uh, but it's no use. The process of change is something that we work with. Everything's changing, ready or not. One thing's guaranteed for sure. You're not going to be the same person tomorrow that you are today. That's the way life is. This is the way God wired it in. This is, the way he, this is what he built into. The way life works, we're born and we immediately start growing and changing. And if we're healthy, we grow to maturity. It's the same in our spiritual lives. Uh, God, God wants us to keep growing and changing. And if we're healthy, we grow to maturity. We, we, we get more and more mature as we go along. Uh, at a certain point our bodies hit their peak and start going downhill i think i'm on the other side of that that equation Uh, but the scripture says here's the fantastic thing about following god as you go through the years even though our bodies are wasting away we can be renewed on the inside we can be we can be stronger and healthier and and more together on the inside as we move along even though we're wasting away on the outside with faith, we can keep growing spiritually, which is, which is the most important way to keep growing. So God wants us to work with Him. He wants us, first of all, to understand what He uses to grow us so that we're not surprised by it, to understand that change is a normal part of life and that He's provided specific catalysts for our growth. Faith as you get into scripture, you find is a key measure, maybe the key measure for spiritual maturity. It's something that God is paying attention to, something he's working to develop in us. Uh, And faith, if you think about it, or trust, is at the center of every healthy friendship or family relationship. It's right at the middle of it. If you trust someone, the relationship keeps growing. If not, well, uh, you know what happens. It gets plastic. It just sort of skims along the surface. It's unfulfilling. Our relationship with God and the confidence that we have in Him is going to be the key factor in growing through the changes that we're dealing with in life, in growing through the catalyst that God's providing. If you have confidence in God, if you trust that He is who He says He is, And will do what he promises to do. Then you're going to live his way. You're you're going to actually adapt to do what he wants. And you're going to grow into spiritual maturity. Now imagine how your outlook on life would change. If you had absolute confidence that God was with you and he was going to work for your good in whatever's going on. Imagine how your outlook would shift. Imagine the change. How would it change your fear factor related to the year ahead? What, what would change? I mean, it, w- it would shift. How, how would it help you as a parent to put your complete confidence in God, to know that he's going to help you do that, that overwhelming job? that role that you play as a parent. How would it change that? How would it change your approach to school, to work? How would it shift things? Think about how your approach to life would change if you had complete trust that God is not only with you, but he's going to use everything in your life, both good and bad, to grow you, to change you for the better if you allow him to. Wouldn't it be amazing to complete, completely trust God to leverage a breakup you fear if you're dating someone you may fear a breakup how would it change the way you approach the relationship how, how would it change that that he could bring so much good from something that you fear that far outweighs the bad how, how, how would that change what, what if you were so confident in God's ability to provide for you that you look ahead at the next year maybe your job's a little shaky and we know the economy is, how how would it shift your thinking and your approach to this if you knew God could use whatever comes for your good and benefit and to grow you? It it would change radically. That's why faith is so important. That's why God is putting faith at the top of the list of the things that he wants to grow in us. After you decide to follow Christ, he wants you, you put your faith in Christ, you trust him with your life, and he wants to keep growing that trust and that faith because it is, it is crucial. In fact, it's so crucial, God uses five catalysts to grow our faith. I want to look at the definition of catalyst in Merriam-Webster's dictionary. Uh, catalyst is a substance that enables a chemical reaction to proceed. At a usually faster rate or under different conditions, as at a lower temperature than otherwise possible. The way I, I'm not real scientific, but you know, I used to try to patch surfboards, take the resin, you pour it in the, the little area that you've created to fix the board, and you put the catalyst in, and it hardens it. It, cha- it speeds up the process of that resin hardening. That's what a catalyst does. Now in our series, we're talking about catalyst in, mainly in the number two definition. It's an agent that provokes or speeds significant change or action. That's what we're looking at. In this series, we're going to look at the things God uses to provoke or speed significant change in our lives. Catalysts he introduces to grow our faith. What are those? Some of these catalysts we choose. Some of them uh, God arranges and chooses for us to grow our faith, but but here they are. Just a quick overview, and we're going to look at faith today primarily. But practical teaching, private disciplines, personal ministry, providential relationships. God arranges our relationships, and I can think back over my life. I think, boy, I, I, my life would be completely different if I wouldn't have coincidentally met this person who God really used. To to help me begin to get a grip on things. So he uses these things, pivotal circumstances. E- you know, even the circumstances we fear, some of those are the things that God uses to really shift and shape us and help us to grow in our faith. But today, we're going to get back to those over the series, but today we're going to look at faith and why it's so important. And Uh, what god says about faith in the scriptures what you find is faith is having complete confidence in god as i handle life's demands that that's what faith is it's complete confidence in god the bible doesn't really have a single verse that has a full all-encompassing definition of faith but it, it does have a definition of faith it's basic nature And then it gives some living pictures that flesh out the definition of of faith in real life people, so that we can get our hands around it and get our minds around understanding it. Uh, The writer of Hebrews, we're going to look at the definition of faith in Hebrews. It's the clearest, uh, most succinct definition that you have in Scripture. Uh, What the writer of Hebrews does is he devotes an entire chapter to faith. He defines it, and then he shows examples of it. And... All the people who were commended for faith in chapter 11 of Hebrews, they chose to listen to God and obey Him, even though it looked like there was a better way. Even when they thought they could get an advantage by doing it their way, not God's way. Or even when following God would make them look silly. You know, Noah. Noah was commended. You know, it's not raining. There's no, he's in the desert. He builds a ship, okay, <laughs> because God told him to do it. Yeah, he, he looked silly for a while. That, but he was commended for his faith. He was, he was responding to God whom you couldn't see in that circumstance, who told him to do something. That's faith. That's what, even when it looks like following God is going to be incredibly disadvantageous, Faith chooses to follow him and pay the price, trusting him to come through. That's what, that's what you find in Hebrews. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So you're convinced of these things. You're sure of these things. When faith is used as a verb, it's an action word. You put your trust in Someone or something. For instance, if I'm going out on Saturday night and I want it to be a special time, special date with my wife Cindy, I ask somebody for a recommendation for a restaurant and I'm going to put my time and money into this and so I go to somebody who picks good restaurants. I trust them to do that for me. You know, Not a big example, but I'm putting my trust in somebody. I'm the one I pick to listen to, I put my trust in them. That's what faith is. On a bigger scale, as you look at your options in thinking and deciding and how you're going to move forward in different areas of life, faith puts trust in God at the very top and what he says about life and how it works. You trust him. In this definition that we just read and that we're looking at there, faith is a noun. It's not a verb. It's a faith frame of mind that's described here. In in other words, as you deal with the flow of life and all the changes and uncertainties of life, you have a certain conviction that God is who he says he is and he will do what he said he will do. And it's not shaken by circumstances. It just takes a little, thankfully Jesus said, it just takes a little faith for for God to work. I used to think if I only had more faith, I wouldn't struggle with life and deal with things that are going on here. But the truth is, it just takes a little. It's not my faith that matters, it's the God we're trusting in that has the power to do whatever he wants to as we deal with life and here as we walk through it. So this definition is a noun, it's not a verb, but it's a frame of reference that you choose to live every day. As life flows by, practical example. Think about being ten thousand dollars in debt. Some, for some of us, that's not that difficult. <laughs> but think about being ten thousand dollars in debt, and you're—it's weighing on you. You're trying to figure out um, how you're going to handle it, how you're going to get out of debt. You, you, you know, things don't add up. There's a negative cash flow, and you're—you're—it's its way its just weighing you down. How would that change if you realize? six months from now you're going to get a hundred thousand dollar inheritance how would that shift how would your attitude shift toward that debt dramatically <laughs> it would really change that's faith we have been promised the the bible paints a very clear picture of what's in store for us in the next life in heaven for those who Jesus Christ with their lives. No more sorrow, no more pain, complete peace, utter happiness, all kinds of fulfillment. Our work isn't going to be work, our work's going to be fulfilling. (laughs) It's going to be fantastic. Whatever we have to do there is going to be great. Everything we want and work for here on earth is going to be realized in heaven, how would your perspective change regarding your burdens and your challenges and the struggles if you are convinced that this life is just a rehearsal for the next? This is just the front porch. Okay, we're going to enter into the house, into heaven someday and experience life the way God intended it. How How would your mentality shift? That's faith. That's why God is trying to grow our faith, and he's introducing catalysts into our lives to grow them. Some of them we appreciate, some of them not so much. But he's introducing these things to grow us and to change us and to make us more like him. This is why faith is so important to God. It's why he wants to grow our faith. It makes a major difference in the way we live today. It it changes us. So God rewards those who live by faith. Look at Hebrews 11.2. 11, 1 is a definition again. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old receive their commendation. God honors faith. He rewards it. He, he, goes, he throws an award banquet for people who show faith. I don't, I don't know if you're ever on a sports team, but at the end of the year... You know, there's always the banquet, and at the banquet, there's the most valuable player, uh, the MVP award, uh, there's usually a most improved player award, at least ones I went to most improved, and then there's always a sportsmanship or character award. Um, these show you what's important to the coach and what's important to the team. Because they actually are vital to making a team work. I mean, you have to have players that have ability. You need people to keep constantly improving. And you you need character as a team. These these are important. And so what we see in Hebrews 11, God is commending what's crucial to our lives every day. And faith is at the center. He's showing us through his commendations what's highly valuable in his eyes. Faith in our culture, if you think about it, it's upside down from this. Faith is sort of something you put on a shelf. You know, it's just kind of you bring it out, or you know, once a week, maybe if you go to church, and then the rest of the week, it's just sort of pie in the sky. It's it's not real. But the faith you see in Scripture is very very real, and it makes a tremendous difference as we choose to live it. So, God command commends those who live by faith you could take a look on your own sometime read the highlights of the heroes and what they went through uh, because of their faith uh, and see how this is what god wants to develop in us god it it seems like it'd be great if we're just giving a gift of faith where we just automatically you know we were people of faith, and we could trust God here and there, and uh, you know he'd maybe write on our wall or do something uh, to help us see it, but what God does every day instead is he gives us opportunities to keep choosing faith. And as we choose faith in him, over time it grows because we watch as he comes through to provide and do exactly what he said he will do. Great thing about God is his love and his kind ability to grow our faith as we learn to walk by it. He works in this. Faith is the way to please God. Hebrews eleven six. look at this. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. That's, that's what it means to choose faith you and i want to please god then there is no way to work around faith there's no way to work around god's desire to grow it and he is going to be if you've decided to follow christ he is going to be relentlessly pursuing your own growth in faith he, he is going to be working toward this you know after a game a uh, team desires to hear the coach share highlights and I remember going into the uh, the training room after a game and watching the film of the game. And if the coach, you know, said, Lanthrop, that was awesome. You know, good hit or whatever in a football game. You know, way way, way you know way to go or what that that I I love that man. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Well, faith is the way that God approves of us. He commends it. Children desire to see parents pleased. They want to please their parents. They bring a drawing, and you can't, you can't tell what it is. But they want you to be pleased with that. They do a performance. And whatever it is, they, they want to see your pleasure in that because it helps them go. Now, this is, this is how we please God. We're told right here in Hebrews 11. It's very clear. Where does pleasing God rank on your list of desires? Where where do you put it on your list? Faith is necessary if you want to please God. So this series is going to lay out the key things that God uses to grow our faith. Every one of us, we put our faith in something. We trust in something primarily for living. Science, family, knowledge, religion. There's a long list of things that we trust. However, the kind of faith that we're talking about here is trusting God above every other relationship, above every other pursuit, putting your faith in him and what he says about living life. So since faith is so important to God, he pays attention to our faith or our lack of faith. Jesus showed us this uh, while he lived, and we can get into the gospels, the biographies of Jesus' life, and we can learn how God constantly tests our faith. He's constantly testing it. He arranges tests of faith to reveal what we're relying on. And we should learn from this. We, we, should, we should take note. Um, are we putting our faith in a secure foundation in God himself, sort of like concrete? We can build on strong foundation or in our ability or in something else, uh, some other kind of understanding or view of life. Thin ice, that's like thin ice or a cracked foundation. I remember I we have rafters in our garage and we store stuff in the rafters. And I go up into this one area all the time and it's just, it's like particle board laid across some two by fours. And I, I go across that all the time without, without thinking. And I, you know, you have to learn to hit, well, there's this one area that's completely weak and Cindy was, happened to be in the garage one day. She saw me step onto that and she, no, <laughs> what are you doing? You're going to come through because she feared for my life and I should have, but I didn't because, you know, I just, is kind of a habit. I step out on this thing all the time. She didn't know it until she was in the, in the garage. And that's, that's sort of what happens is we, we get habits developed that cause us to put our faith in things that are really weak. And they won't hold us up. But God wants to rearrange all that. He wants to be the foundation of our lives. And so he keeps testing our faith. He keeps checking it out so that we know, oh, I need to grow in that. I need to, I need to trust him more. Jesus was continually looking for what lies inside of a person, within their heart, to find out uh, what they actually were building their life on and relied on. We can learn from him. There are two examples where Jesus marveled at a person's faith or lack thereof uh, that I want to look at today. I want to look at these. There are a lot of them, but I want to look at these. In the height of Jesus' ministry, people were being healed. There's direct correlation between the work that Jesus did and the faith that they had uh, in him doing it. And look at this story in Matthew 8. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him uh, a soldier came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But Centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one go and he goes and to another, come and he comes into my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this he marveled and said to those who followed him truly I tell you with no no one in Israel have I found such faith It's amazing the man just believed Jesus could say the word and heal That caused Jesus to marvel That is faith Jesus paid attention to this man's confidence in his power to heal It's important to him it tells you what's important to God because Jesus is showing us he's revealing this to us in the book of Mark we find a completely opposite situation where Jesus was sort of marveled marveled's too positive I think but this time the implications are a little different as we look at it Mark 6 And he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. So he marveled in a negative way. Like, wow, they won't trust me. I could work, but they won't trust me to do it. Here the unbelief actually thwarted the work Jesus had planned them to do among them. Faith is important. It's crucial to God. God works through our faith. Just takes a little... Doesn't take a lot. But we have to trust Him. Jesus had the power to do what He wanted to do. But He limited Himself. God's wired it in that we need to cooperate with Him. uh, And He won't override our will to work in and through us. We have to trust Him. The way we cooperate, the way we trust Him, the way we express our faith is by committing to work God's ways and to do his will in our lives. We each have a choice on whether or not to cooperate with God. We can try to grow on our own, on our own way. We can try to invent a way to grow. Or we can choose to learn some essential catalysts that God uses to grow us. I'd like to look at those catalysts now. Uh, There are five of them. Cooperating with God means that I need to focus on leveraging things God has provided to grow my faith. I'm just going to run through them. We're going to look at these in the series. These catalysts are not entirely exhaustive. There's more than five that God uses. But again and again, these are the ones he uses consistently to grow us. So in the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about these five. He's using these to grow our faith. First one, practical teaching. We try to focus on doing rather than knowing. We already know more than we do, probably, about the Bible. So we focus on doing because it's as you hear something and step out to apply it to your everyday life that you watch God come through. You, you grow as you live by faith, not as you hear it or hear about it. Number two, private discipline. God fortifies your faith as you hear him speak through reading the Bible and talking to him in prayer. And there's this strengthening. And when you hear God, this takes that frame of reference that you know God's there and he's going to be speaking to you. But as you get into the scripture for yourself and begin to read it and you hear God apply things to your direct life, to your situation, your faith begins to grow. Wow, God, that you're right. I need to change that. I need to stop this. I need to do that. I need to trust you more here he He begins to 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 change you when you ask him for something and you you bring it to him and you're asking him to work, and you hear him respond, not always saying yes to our request because not everything we ask for would be good for us or the best or. Not everything's in his plan, but we, we begin to grow our faith as we talk to God about life, as we ask him to work, and as he comes through to do what he promised to do. He, he grows us. Three, personal ministry. As uh, we serve others, we're stretched. As we try to share Christ with our friends and family, that's a challenge. How do we, how do, we do this? And I've found that I can't, turn the lights on for anybody. God has to do that. So as I, share, as I share the truth that I understand from Scripture, God has to work. And I see Him work, and I'm amazed. My faith grows. It's awesome. For providential relationships, are something God uses. God brings others into our lives to help us grow. He brings people in our life to uh, help us know Him to begin with. People Think about the people that you know. Maybe you're born in a family that follows Christ and you found out that way. That's God put you there. <laughs> he put you in that family. Maybe, maybe you met a friend somewhere. God brought that person around. Or maybe at just the right time, you connected with someone that really began to help you grow. This, God, this is God. This is what God does. This is a catalyst. The people around you are a catalyst that God uses to grow. And then finally, pivotal circumstances. We hit these points in our lives uh, where we're going to go one way or the other. And God uses that to grow us. God doesn't waste trouble. That's the great thing about God. He uses it for our benefit. And so we're going to look at how God wires these catalysts together to help us grow. And we hope you can join us as we dig into these things. I think it'll be a, a very valuable time together I'd like to ask the band to come up i'm going to wrap up the message now by looking at our next steps that's why we always do the next steps because doing is where you see god work you see him come through so if you would i'd like to ask you to take your connection card that's in your program and finish completing out any information or some of these next steps that i'm suggesting um, here are my suggestions Come on up, gang. You can come on up if you'd like. My next step today is to memorize Hebrews 11.6. Great, great passage. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, shows us why it's so important. Um, another step would be to identify areas Jesus is testing my faith and ask him to grow me in those areas. God, I, I can sense that you're testing me here. This is a real challenge to trust you in this. Show me how to work with you to trust you with this. And then finally, another step would be possibly to attend the rest of the series. We'd love to have you here. And we're going to look at these catalysts and how God works through them. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth we see in Scripture and how you work uh, with us as we trust you and as we learn to walk with you in faith. You build us up and strengthen us and help us to deal with life as it flows by. God, thank you for your grace, your kindness and your faithfulness to work. We honor you. We ask for the help to take the steps that you've laid on our heart this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.